Welcome to the Accrescent Podcast. I'm Leanne, and I'm so excited that you are tuning in to my Release 2020 podcast series. This is a series of short interviews with people from all walks of life sharing their experience with COVID-19 during this year 2020. I'll be asking each guest questions like, what was the hardest part of COVID for you? Did you notice that you had higher levels of stress, anxiety, or even depression? In those moments of heightened stress or anxiety or depression, how did you notice your behavior or thought processes changed? What were things that made that stress worse? And what were things that made it better? Did you learn anything new about yourself? And going forward, what can you shift or adjust or pivot to have a better response in the future? There are no right or wrong answers in this series, and this is in no way meant to say that there is a right or wrong response to dealing with COVID. In fact, the goal and mission of this series is just the opposite. It's just to highlight each person's unique experience with this. Throughout the entire year, I have been hearing people, friends, family, people on social media saying things like, I just want to forget 2020, I want to pretend like it didn't happen. And to me, I have learned so much about how repressed emotions over time can really manifest as physical disease and really just linger and create this festering unease or dis-ease within the body. And so I wanted to do something to encourage people not to just forget 2020 and pretend like it never happened, but rather to take a pause and acknowledge whatever the feelings were that came up this year. And I know it's hard, it's easier said than done, but I think if each of us can, to even some extent, bring up the feelings, acknowledge them, process them a little bit, learn what we can from them, and then release them. And so that's why the series is called Release 2020. I think all any of us can do in any given moment is respond to the best of our ability. And so many of us may have felt like we didn't respond the way we wanted to this year or like we lost time. And again, the messaging of this series isn't, well, you should have done this, but rather the messaging is just, okay, all any of us can do is look at how we responded and say, do I want to continue to respond in that way going forward? Or do, or do I want to make some shifts so that I can respond in a different way? Whether it's to COVID or some other type of very stress-inducing incident that comes in the future. So I think this is a beautiful opportunity for us to learn more about ourselves, how we deal with stress, what are the things that cause stress or anxiety or depression for us, what do we do when those moments happen? And how can we put things in place going forward so that maybe we respond to it in a better way in the future? And you guys know I love my challenges or the magnetic moments that I give you. And so the challenge in this series is to, for the rest of December, keep a piece of paper and just start by writing down all the negatives from 2020. Anything painful, and as December continues on, continue adding to that piece of paper anytime something comes up. And then on New Year's Eve, at the end of the year, we all together virtually will take that piece of paper of all the negatives from 2020 
and physically burn it on New Year's Eve right before 2021. So I hope you'll jump on board with that. I hope listening to these interviews inspires you to think about these questions for yourself. And I think it can create just a beautiful ripple effect of if your partner or your children see you making that list of the negatives of 2020 and processing it, learning from it, and then releasing it, hopefully it inspires them to do the same thing. Lastly, if you do find this series thought-provoking, helpful, inspiring, please consider sharing an episode or two with a loved one. You guys sharing these episodes really is the biggest way that people discover my podcast. And so it means so, so much to have your support in that way and see it in that way. If you do listen, consider taking a screenshot, throwing it up on social media and tagging me. It absolutely fills my heart with joy to see you guys listening, hear your feedback and your responses. So please tag me in something, send me a direct message on Instagram. I always include my social media links and my website in the show notes where you can find me. And with that, please enjoy this Release 2020 podcast series. Well, Troy, welcome to the Accrescent Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited because I'm having, you know, for the listeners who don't know, Troy and I went through an MBA program together and I'm having a couple other classmates from the MBA program on too, but we had a really great group of friends throughout that program. And so I'm so grateful that you are coming on for this series. Yeah, class of 2020. Let's go. I know, I know, really. So I want to I, I wanna be able to set the stage for this because I think it's really important for the listeners to be able to hear just kind of the walk of life you're coming from. So can you give us your age, your profession, you know, marital status, and then just what the biggest COVID impact has been for you? Yeah, I am 25. I'm an operations manager for an engineering company in Riverside. California, and uh, I'm single. And probably the biggest impact has been just not being able to travel mm, overall. Okay. Yeah. okay. So have you still been able to go into work? Yeah. So um, we, all of our offices are, are kind of on site for the jobs and people um, really work from either those remote offices or from their cars. So it's just like probably five of us on a daily basis that are in the office. Okay. And we reduced that to three. Um, right now with Caltrans, it's a civil engineering company. So Caltrans, if they if they get any kind of whiff of not following standards, then they'll shut like the job sites down. And so we have to make sure like only three people in the office. And... So why is not being able to travel the biggest thing for you? Take us deeper into it. Yeah, I just, I first of all, I, I like to travel a lot. Um, that's that's like my reward to myself for for putting in a lot of work and um but not only that that's kind of how I network and I had big plans for 2020 to go to some international conferences and to uh help with some startups overseas and and everything shutting down kind of put a pause into that um Mm -hmm. and almost you know it's really uncertain how things are going to be after this so almost an indefinite pause yeah and do you go because the listeners don't know too that your parents up until this point, we're actually living in Turkey. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, that was, you grew up traveling, but you also would go visit them. Is that correct? Yeah. So I would, I would travel, um, growing up with my family. And then anytime I had a little break or, or, or 
some kind of vacation time, I would just go usually stop by Turkey and say hi. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and, and they're actually, they moved here now. So if that didn't happen, then uh, I think this would have been a, a much different, my, my reaction would have been much more negative. So you, yeah. how do you, yeah, let's talk about that. How do you feel like your reaction has been overall? Have you been, have you felt more stressed or anxious or even depressed at all? Yeah, I think, um, I think probably the biggest ones is being um, a little more, well, all of those have increased significantly. Um, and probably the depression is, is the silent like stalker. It just keeps showing up. And I think it's because of the heightened, you know, stress, anxiety, and and that confinement. Um, yeah, I think I think the one I wasn't really expecting was the the depression, and mm-hmm. I would say that's something that kind of creeps up, and and you really have to recognize that and um, kind of nip whatever the source is in the bud. But um, I think one thing that I'm not able to really manage is the anxiety and the and the stress. So how do you feel like? And obviously just share as much as you're comfortable with, but how do you feel like, so you've obviously noticed those things have increased and as you started to notice those increasing, what was your response? How did you start to navigate those or manage those a little bit? You said you don't feel like you've been handling the stress and anxiety that well, (laughs) which trust me, there's plenty of us out there too, but just, just walk us through it a little bit. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the start of COVID it was almost a little fun because it was an excuse to be able to stay in and and maybe be lazy and and play video games with some colleagues who you know we we don't really do that nowadays. Um, so that was really fun at the beginning, but then you get like a month into it and you're you're suddenly like, well, I've really wasted my time this last month, and <clears throat> some of the goals that you might have set for the beginning of it are now all pushed to the, to the next month and time is flying by and you're realizing, wow, I've got a lot of catch up to do. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of the situation that I found myself in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one way that I've been trying to manage that is to make sure that I set a schedule for myself and making sure that I stick with that. And that's like my bedtime and, and, you know, waking up on time, working out in the morning, uh, doing those things that are productive that at least, if I didn't do anything else that day, I could say uh, I still spent my time wisely. And I think telling myself that I spent my time wisely is one way that I've I've been able to manage the depression. Hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting because I've seen that from a lot of people too, saying one of the biggest things for them is feeling unproductive. And it's yeah. so interesting when you really look at the broad scope of that is why? Why do we? Why does feeling productive give us so much value and make us feel so good about themselves? Because I'm the exact same way. I'm like such a type A person, get things done. And it's really hard to just do something joyful or fun for the sake of doing it. But I think this year has really helped me add that in a bit more. Yeah. So how long did it take you to get to a point where, you know, you said that first month you kind of just did whatever. And then... <laughs> Which I think everyone did. did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, when you started to notice some of these other things coming up, the anxiety and depression, how long did it take you to be like, okay, I I think this might be an issue and I need to do something about it? Yeah, I think um, kind of going off of of something you said a minute ago of, you know, like, why why do we need to feel productive? I think um, 
this is just one small aspect, but we're really comparative or comparative creatures and, and seeing other people be productive in a time when the expectation was to not be productive. Uh, that's what kind of got the ball rolling where I thought, okay, I mean, if these people around me in my circles are doing this, then I, I need to be doing this or I can be doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think that's, that's when I realized, okay, I need to pull myself out of this, um, weird funk and, and find ways that I need, that I can be productive. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and also I think one thing that's been really weird about COVID is the different reactions. Like at the very beginning, I was being really, really careful, social distancing and um, making sure that I was following all the guidelines. And I had people in my circles who weren't and they were able to do things throughout the week or on the weekends that I was like holding myself back from doing like networking or going on hikes and and just doing stuff that you would do if, if we weren't in a lockdown. And that was a weird moment of, do I keep doing this to myself or, or, you know, do I kind of join the crowd in that way? Yeah. It's become really polarizing. Did you have friends who were giving you a hard time for following the rules? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And that was like, yeah, I remember there was like one time at the very, this was like a month and a half in. So everybody was pretty much on board with hey, let's not spread this virus. And one of my friends came in with a bunch of my other friends who who weren't following regulations. And it was like probably seven or eight people came into my house and they were just stopping by and they were going to go out for dinner. And, and they knew that my stance was, let's keep our distance. And it was a weird moment where they almost did that on purpose to try to mm. be like, see, it's not a big deal or something. And it was really yeah. confrontational and really weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, but but yeah, I, I, honestly, people people gave me a hard time on both sides. People were like, "You're not being socially distanced enough," and then other people were saying, "You're taking this too seriously." I'd say it's it's probably both sides. Yeah, I know because there you, if you're an extremist or you know just whatever, no, I feel like that's really no matter what you do, you're gonna get some kind of feedback from someone, and it's for me, it I have gotten a lot of anxiety around we seem to be such a one dimensional culture of if you disagree with something I'm feeling, I no longer respect you. I'm no longer going to talk to you. You're no longer my friend. And I have heard that from so many people this year of, um, oh yeah, you know, this friend won't even talk to me anymore because we disagree about how COVID should be being handled. And to me, it's (laughs) really heartbreaking to see that we, there is no one in this world who we are going to agree with on everything. And if we start to do that and no longer interact with someone who doesn't agree with us, we are all going to just be in these groups of really, really extreme people. No one's going to be well-balanced or well-cultured, well-educated. And it's I don't think it's necessary by any means. I think we can absolutely have different opinions and still hold respect for everyone just as human beings on this planet. I wouldn't say across the board, but to a small degree that Americans are pretty individualistic and that's a, that's a pretty big core value that they have and countries in Europe, um, and in Asia and I'm sure other countries, but those are the two that I know about, um, are a lot more kind of an in-group, um, Mm -hmm. 
collectivistic collectivistic culture yeah so having differing opinions on wearing masks and stuff is not as common as as america and it was almost like as soon as there was some kind of mandate to wear masks it immediately split you know people immediately had two different opinions and everybody mm -hmm. kind of knew where they where they fell into that um yeah it's definitely wild seeing that yeah so now i want to ask what because i really want people i hear people all year long just saying i can't wait for 2020 to be over i don't even want to think about it and to me i'm I'm over here thinking, no, it's important that we process this. Yeah. It's important that we, whether we feel like we handled it well or not, I think it can be such a good learning experience for us to say, wow, when I'm really, really stressed, here's what I start to do and here's how I start to think and behave. And so I think it's it can be really helpful for people to hear that from others. So when you started feeling more stress and anxiety and depression, how did you notice your behaviors changing? Yeah, when I started when I started to notice that COVID had been impacting the way that I behaved and and my stress levels and anxiety, it was probably when I started losing motivation to stick with that schedule that I had set. Yeah, I think uh, the the biggest change for me was was this constant feeling of I don't have enough time for stuff. Um, like I don't have enough time to. And I don't know why, I don't know why it plays out like this. Cause it's not really a symptom of, or it's not like a result of COVID, but I think having that stress gives me that feeling of, I don't have time for stuff and I'm just, I just need a little bit more time. Uh, so every, every little thing that I was doing, every like activity, I just say in my head, I don't have enough time to really like soak this up. Uh, so almost like half-assing a vacation or like, you know, I, I, I would go um, hiking and camping over the weekends during COVID because that's pretty, that, that was kind of open. Um, and like, I'd be, I'd be sitting around the campfire with friends thinking, man, this is going to be over in like, like two hours. That's all I have. Can't believe it. Oh. And that was like a, a result of my stress, even though with COVID it's like, you kind of have a lot of time to do stuff. Yeah. I think that's so interesting. And it's, it's really neat that you saw that because I really do believe we all have sort of defaults that we go to when we're stressed or scared or depressed. For me, my default is like, I'm alone in the world. I have no one who loves me. I have no one to support me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so now I've recognized that pattern. And so now when those thoughts pop up in my head, automatically I know to go, okay, this is not a logical thought. This is an emotional thought that's coming up because you're stressed. And it actually is a really good sign showing me just how stressed or how scared I am that this is coming up as sort of a default emotion. But recognizing it as that I can know like, okay, this isn't logical, even though it feels so real in this moment right now, yeah. it's not because I know I have so many people who love me. But so it's really interesting that you, you're noticing for you that default is I don't have enough time to enjoy these things that I love so much to the extent that I want to. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, that's, I've never like, I, I'm a verbal processor, so I've never really, you know, verbally processed this. I'd say on a day-to-day -day basis, I recognize to be like, Hey, this is just an emotional response to a situation. And I just need to wait out this emotional response or need to distract myself with something else. But I've never actually heard somebody, you know, put a name to it, like a default stress mm. setting. <laughs> I've never <laughs> recognized that before.
Um, and I don't remember really going over that in classes in school or I don't know, even in therapy. Yeah, yeah I know. I, well, I think there's a glaring lack of emotional intelligence taught in schools. I don't think there's any emotional intelligence taught yeah, in schools. Yeah, actually, but... you're exactly right. <laughs> well, so, and this is really, I love this because this is the whole purpose of this series is to get people thinking, okay, what happens? What do I, what are my defaults when I'm stressed? Because hmm. then what we can do is we can look at that and say, okay, for me, when I'm really stressed or scared, I feel, I isolate myself and yeah. I feel alone in the world, which doesn't make sense because, because I'm isolating myself, it just makes those feelings worse. And so now I've learned, okay, when those feelings start to come up, what I can do is actually do the opposite. Go seek comfort, have a really deep conversation with someone. So I f see with my eye and feel with my body that connection with other people and don't feel alone in the world. Yeah. And so I guess that leads me into my next question of for you, have you found a way to when those things, when those feelings come up of, okay, I don't have enough time to work through those a little bit better. And if you haven't, it's totally okay. But what are, you know, what are some of the thoughts coming up around that of how you can manage it a little bit better? Yeah, I think um, when I'm in an un unhealthy state, uh, I'll start to ramp up the things that I'm that I've got going on throughout the week, um, just to, to feel like I'm productive, and I'll just keep adding stuff and I'll overwhelm myself. Uh, and then I'll get to the end of that really busy period and be like, man, I need I need a break. And then I'll, I'll just like leave two or three weekends open with nothing. And then that's when it, you know, it's, it's like this cycle, like this wave of I've got really busy and then I've got nothing planned because I'm trying to recover. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, I think I'm, I'm not really good at this. I'm not, I'm not naturally skilled at um, planning things out really far in advance, but I think that would be a way for me to um, kind of even that out a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, sticking to my schedule, sticking to the things that I've planned out when I when I wasn't driven by emotion. Mm -hmm. um, it'd be like shopping at a store when you're hungry. Yeah. Um, so I don't think, yeah, don't plan events when you're stressed. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's probably yeah. yeah that 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 would be how I would see how I would try to manage this. I haven't actually tried it yet. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then maybe not scheduling so much to the point where you're burnt out. Yeah. 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 And that's, that would, yeah. So take some of those things that I've thrown into the same weekends um, and put that on a different weekend. I mean, it'll get bad. Like I'll get like four hours of sleep a night for like two weeks and I'll oh just feel gosh. like I'll feel terrible. Try I have, to, I have to recover. And yeah, if I'm, if I'm, I have to be really strict with myself because I'll, I'll do that. Yeah. And you're doing that. Do you do that normally? Or this is really something that's happening right now because you just, you want to fill the time with something to feel like there's something. Yeah. I mean, that's, um, it, there was like a pattern of that, I would say in college. Um, but I think having COVID going on has, has created a lot of uncertainty. Yeah. I'd say the, the uncertainty factor has really brought it out not knowing what's, you know, just not, not having that five-year projection that I've been working on for so long, um, be that stable, you know, trajectory. Yeah. Isn't that funny how that's just drilled into our brains? Like 
what's your three-year, what's your five-year, what's your 10-year plan? (laughs) And all of a sudden, all of us who grew up in this American system, that that's where how we're trained to think are like, "Uh, (laughs) how can I plan? I can't even plan the next six months. Yeah, yeah. It's no surprise. We're all in like a crisis. (laughs) (laughs) Is that how you think too? Oh, totally. I mean, but I'm, I have really had to work on not being so futuristic because I used to have a really hard time being present because I was always thinking about the next thing. I'm like a huge, huge planner. And so, but that has something that I've been working on for many, many years. So COVID didn't affect me in that way in terms of like, oh, I can't plan things the way I used to. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's just funny because yeah, we really are sort of trained and programmed from our education system to have everything mapped out and have a plan. Yeah. And, and we haven't really had those really big life changing events, at least like throughout our lifetime. Um, you know, not something like world war two or world war one where like everything you thought was normal has changed. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not trying to compare these two, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it's the first one that's really thrown things off for yeah. everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I love that. So so I want to hear, you did say one of your strategies going forward is to try to stick to your schedule a little bit more. Do you have moments where the anxiety hits and it's just so overwhelming, it's paralyzing? Or is it more just kind of like this buzz in the back of your mind that just keeps you in this anxious state? Or both? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's... Yeah, I mean, it's probably both. I think one thing that's changed in the workforce is with everything going Zoom and remote and instant, the work-life balance has totally shifted where you had like a a nine-to-five job, but because of the communication, because everybody's on board with the Zoom and and a lot more phone conversations, that's kind of seeped into my personal life too. And I think for a lot of other people where now you're kind of on the clock all the time. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think when those moments hit, that's when there's some kind of expectation, performance expectation uh, at a time when I'm trying to do something in my schedule. So it's like when those two worlds collide and I'm suddenly feeling like... uh, You don't have enough time to enjoy... I don't have enough time. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, And the thought in my head is man, is this going to be how like the rest of my life is? And, you know, obviously those are completely irrational, but that's when that gets ramped up. Yeah. 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 So then I think, what can you do? Because I'm going to challenge you here. What can you do (laughs) in those moments of fear? Because I think, and I want to be really clear, I'm not trying to tell people like, here's the perfect way to manage stress. Here's the perfect way to manage depression or anxiety. There is no perfect way. It is completely individualized. What I want to help people do is see their defaults and be able to recognize it and sit in it sometimes and just recognize what's happening and then be able to look at it and say, okay, how can I get myself through this a little bit better so that I'm not just swimming in anxiety or depression all day long? And because I see this for myself too, is what happens is we try to just beat it down. Okay, don't think about it. You're fine. You're going to be okay. Push through it, whatever it is. But then what happens is that anxiety never gets acknowledged or processed. And then you do, you end up just 
with this like constant buzz of anxiety in your body all the time, you feel tense all the time. And so I've really tried to, when I feel those things come up, just pause and again, sit in it and say, okay, just what am I feeling? I'm feeling this and this and this and this and write it out or think it out or talk it out verbally to the air, to my pillow, whatever it is. And then start to say, okay, can I think through some of these things logically so that, because so much of it is just unlogical fear-based emotions coming up. And then, okay, next time these come up, what can I do? And so I want to hear from you some of those things if you have some. Yeah, man, that's a tough one. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's, it's really tough because it's like, I mean, that, that fear goes down to my core kind of that I'm never going to have enough time for this. And is this really what these moments are is like fleeting. Fleeting. And I think it tells you so much about yourself and what you value. You value your relationships and the time with the people you love so much. And that's really what that's saying to you is what's the deeper thing here. The deeper thing here is I'm, I don't want to lose time with these people. I want to be with these people. And so what I would say for me is knowing that I would just do my absolute best to be 110% present in those Mm -hmm. moments so that even if it's just two hours, at the end of that two hours, I can look back and say, I soaked in every single minute of that experience. I did not waste it mindlessly scrolling through social media or texting someone who's not even here. I was here with these people and I owned it to the best of my ability. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's a really good outside perspective into that. Yeah. Probably something that I do that I don't really notice in the moment is distract myself out of that. Or it it just is distracting. Having stress and anxiety takes you away from being able to spend that quality time. So, I mean, with that knowledge, yeah, I would be able to step back and say, okay, all of these emotions are distracting you from what's going on and you're kind of bringing that fear into reality. So yeah, if you can step back and, and really focus on the moment, that would probably be the best thing. And, and, and responding to your challenge, that would be something that I would I would try to start doing. I love that. I love that. Well, I'm going to check in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I love that. Yeah. Well, and I, I think building a pause, that's what I call it because I do this for myself so often is when you're for me, it's, you know, being an introvert when I'm at a gathering or something, sometimes my just my energy capacity for being with people gets drained so fast. And so I build the pause. And when I need that pause to just recenter myself and be present again, I'll usually go hide in the bathroom <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, or, or just find a space or go on a quick little five minute walk around the neighborhood to just give myself that breather, see what's coming up and then refocus so I can be present in that moment or maybe it's leaving but you know in your situation specifically I'd say yeah if you're noting this if you're noticing this anxiety is pulling you away is actually manifesting the exact fear that's causing the anxiety yeah then build a pause I don't know while you're camping go sit in the car for five minutes or go walk for a couple minutes and just walk yourself through it and say okay this is illogical and it actually is this anxiety is making the fear come to life. And so how can I recenter? Yeah. Yeah. I like the way that you say that. How can I recenter? Well, so I, I, these by default, I think are just going to be heavy 
episodes, but I always I do want to end on a more positive, uplifting note, which is what have been some of the highlights of 2020 for you? Yeah, I think one highlight that we that I didn't really see coming was uh, my parents moving here because I knew that they would move here, but I also knew that my brothers would be involved with school. Oh, and my brothers moved here too, so they would be involved with school and and I would have a lot of you know, work events to go to. And we just wouldn't, and my dad does a lot of speaking when, when he comes to the States. So there wouldn't be a lot of like connecting. And what's been nice about COVID, obviously there's negatives to it, but um, it's to just have all of us at this house. And I'm actually in their house right now. Um, but it's just great to be able to have those, those family moments that we kind of miss growing up because we were all over the place. Um, yeah. And, and I guess going back to what you're saying about cherishing those moments. Um, yeah, now, now would be the time to do that. It's, it's been amazing. I love that. Yeah. When was the last time you all had like a Thanksgiving or a Christmas together? It's been a long time. Um, because the last time that I tried to go to Turkey, they actually had, um, implemented a, a passport ban of us citizens. That's right. I remember that. So I had to, I had to, reroute my flight and um we connected later but but that was kind of the last time that we were going to all connect at the same house not like a hotel Mm -hmm. um so this is yeah it's it's been it's been a few years oh well i love that and i'm so glad and so then now the challenge that i'm doing with everyone is to for the rest of december we're gonna have a piece of paper And just anytime something negative or painful comes up, we're going to write it on the piece of paper. And come New Year's Eve, we're all going to burn those pieces of paper together. And I'm calling it Release 2020. Okay. (laughs) So, and I think it's going to be, for me, just getting it out is so freeing. Yeah. And, you know, for me, what's nice about a piece of paper is it, you know, it doesn't have to be with anyone else, but then that physical act of burning it and saying, okay, I'm letting this go. I'm not beating it down and pretending mm-hmm. it doesn't exist. I'm getting it out. And then I'm intentionally consciously letting it go. I like that. I'm going to have to get in like a moleskin notebook because I'm a writer. <laughs> <It's> gonna, <laughs> I'm going to fill that up. <laughs> Good. You know what? The more the merrier, because the more you can release. Yeah. Is this going to be something in person or are you doing like a video thing? Well, I think because everyone, you know, people are going to be all over the place. So what I'd love to do is I've asked people to, if they're doing it, to take a video of them doing it and it could just be them. But, you know, ideally like for my New Year's Eve gathering, if we have one, I want to do it. Everyone who's there physically can write on a piece of paper and we can all burn it together in the outdoor fireplace. And I think it'd be really cool if everyone also extended it to whomever's in their home or whomever they're gathering with yeah too. so yeah, yeah if you cool. join I'm, I'm 100% in on you board can, on board you know just record it and tag me on instagram okay so we can all see everyone joining in on it yeah well nice. troy thank you so much for coming on i loved this so so much yeah thanks for having me 